couple of years ago, we decided to take out some mulch beds in our yard and plant some grass seed in their place for uh, to have a little more uh, grassy area for the kids to play in. Now, after the plants and mulch and rocks were removed, I ventured to the store to buy the seed and fertilizer to uh, plant our new grassy area. I examined the different seed options at the store to make sure exactly uh, to make sure we had exactly the right kind of grass for our lawn, and that's when I realized something. All the bags of grass seed list that there is in each of them a small percentage of weed seeds mixed in with the grass. In order to plant grass, I knew that weeds would inevitably emerge as well. Now, to be honest, my yard is sadly mostly weeds today, but I was reminded of this experience upon reading our gospel lesson this week of Jesus' parable of the wheat and tares, or of the weeds among the wheat. Now, let's talk for just a moment about parables. The word parable is a Greek compound of the words para, which means around or beside, and bule, which means to place or even to throw. So a parable quite literally means to place two or more things beside each other for comparison. For Jesus, parables are often employed to talk about the kingdom of God, the reign of God, by comparing it to ordinary, everyday aspects of life. I think the issue becomes when we think of these parables as completely logical or monolithic, meaning just one meaning to it. They're neither. Rather, parables give us a glimpse of the world through God's eyes, a vision that will often run counter to our own understanding of what makes sense, what's fair, and so on. John Carroll, one of my New Testament professors at Union Seminary, uh, likes to say that Jesus not only told parables, but that he himself is a parable meaning that he in his very self embodies the reign of God. So let's get to our parable for this week. Matthew's gospel has 20 parables, 15 of which are unique to his account, and that includes the one from our lessons today. Compared to the other gospels, Matthew's parables have the tendency of connecting human behavior to the kingdom of God. In other words, Matthew is all about human accountability and participating in God's reign. And we see that in Jesus comparing the kingdom to a farmer sowing good seed in the field. Now the problem is that an enemy has come in the night and has sown uh, weeds among the good seeds. To us today, this seems like a minor inconvenience or annoyance, but to a person whose livelihood depended on a good crop, this was problematic. His servants tell him of this issue and asks if he wants, uh, and they ask him if he wants them to pick up the weeds to, to pluck them up early. Uh, to which he replies, "No, because doing so will inevitably harm some of the wheat as well. Instead, they're instructed to let both grow and separate them out at the harvest. The wheat to be collected." and the weeds to be burned, as was common practice. Jesus later explains the parable, but he does so just to the disciples. 
And he explains it saying that the sower is the son of man, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, while the weeds are the children of the evil one. At the end of the age, the son of man will come with his angels and gather up the wheat, the children of God, and get rid of the weeds, all causes of sin and evil and destruction. The weeds, in this sense, are everything that stands in God's, in the way of God's reign and kingdom of love. Jesus' parable of the wheat and weeds, in essence, offers a sobering reality of our world and originally to the gospel writer of the church. That within it, there's a mix of good and bad. This seems to be an issue for Matthew's gospel community some two, two generations after Jesus' time. There's division, greed, hypocrisy. There's evil. Things the church and world have unfortunately seen ever since. The question becomes, since these things exist in the world or even in the church, does that mean the whole thing is bad? Does that mean that God isn't good or perhaps that God isn't powerful enough to take care of this evil? The parable in Matthew's gospel that we hear gives us an emphatic, underlined, all caps, no to these questions. This parable clearly states that these things, these weeds, are not God's doing, but rather are the enemies of God and that God's goodness will ultimately prevail against these things. There are a couple of things from this parable that I feel speak to us in this strange time we find ourselves in today. First, in the parable, the servants ask the farmer if they should go ahead and pluck out the weeds, to which the farmer says no, because they would inevitably pluck up, pluck up some of the grain too. The point here being that God is the one who does the weeding. God's the one who does the judging between the wheat and the weeds, not us. Now, we might think we'd be pretty good at it. We might even feel desperate to be in control of this task. But this parable challenges us to think otherwise. Now, I promise this is good news, friends. Because the God we know in Christ is always more loving and more gracious than we can ever imagine. In this divisive time we find ourselves in, our job is not to judge others, particularly those with whom we disagree, but rather seek to grow more and more into children of God. And, like Christ, to become living parables, to embody God's reign of love and justice more and more in our daily lives. Next, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't really emphasize where the bad or evil comes from. He doesn't even really emphasize why it's there. Rather, he focuses in very Matthew-like fashion how we as disciples are to deal with it. So in addition to the difficult task of leaving the judging to God, Jesus also emphasizes the need for patience among his disciples. I've titled this sermon, Wait For It, partially because Marie and I recently enjoyed watching the Hamilton musical, where this is the title of the song. 
but more importantly, because I think this is a good way of thinking about our parable for today. In a broken and divided and fearful world where we disagree about so many things, Jesus reminds us that judgment is reserved for God alone. In a world with so much hurt and hate, evil and suffering, where we're exhausted thinking about what we can do next or how God could let such things happen, we're reminded that these weeds are God's enemies too. And that God's goodness will prevail and have the last word. Our job with this realization is to wait for it. To wait for God's kingdom, God's reign of love, justice, and peace to come. This isn't a passive waiting, friends. It's an active one. It's an anticipatory waiting that allows us to participate in God's very reign of love and justice here and now, all the while leaving the work of weeding to God. As we seek to grow as living parables, may we wait for God's reign with an active love that can be shared with others and can give some hope to the fearful world we live in today. Friends, may it be so for us and for all that we might catch a glimpse and live into God's kingdom, peace, justice, 